0: pray. We honor you today, Lord, and thank you for the awesomeness of the King and for the privilege of being able to be here today, for the songs that have gone up, for the fellowship of the believers, and for those who don't yet know you, but, are, but those that are hearing the word of God, we are grateful. We pray for past members. We thank you for Brother Larry Beecham and Sister Marie upon the hill, Sister Essie. We thank you for Cass. We thank you for those in various places, Sister Shirley and Jerry Williams, and we honor you. Others that are in this canyon, we lift up today and pray that you will be with them. Now, for this community at large, we are lifting up this community, praying for the salvation for those who don't yet know you. We're grateful to you for the churches in this place, the pastors in this community The word of God that goes forth on the airways, on YouTube, on Zoom, in various ways. We are grateful that lives are being touched. Now, would you give us ears to hear today? May the glorious Savior of our soul be exalted and lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. You may be seated. I was going to deal with the first five verses of Timothy chapter 4, but I may only get through two verses. But we're going to look at Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, and there are other verses, uh, chapters and books I will be reading, but we're going to read the first five verses of 1 Timothy. It will be 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. For those um, that will be writing down the scripture, I may not get to all of them, I may be able to read them, but let me give you the passages that go along with this uh, message today. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, and 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. I will be referencing or reading those today. That's my plan. This is how, yes, yes, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, and 1 John 2, 18. Amen. We have the various the wonderful privilege of being able to help a person who said, I I would like to have a Bible. And so we were able to have, have a new person with the Bible. And one of the things that I think I'm going to be doing is ordering about three or four Bibles and just have them here. Some of the King James King James Versions that sometimes it's hard to understand. And so we'll be assigning Sister Michelle the task, possibly, of just ordering about three or four, and we'll keep them at the church. But I want to thank the Lord. For the visitors that are here, we welcome you. For everyone that are members, thank you. This is how 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 reads. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. I'll be reading the other passages a little bit later in the message, but I do believe I'm only going to get to cover today's two of the verses. But the title of this message today is part one. Prohibiting what God approves. Prohibiting what God approves. The challenge for any people is to enjoy what God has blessed us with in the right way. God has blessed us with a wonderful world, but we have to enjoy those things that He has blessed us with in the right way. We often want to go out of bounds and complain when we are out of bounds. (laughs) You see, if you go out of bounds, you have committed a violation. If you are playing sports, you have to play within the confines of the boundaries that have been set. I was more of a baseball player. I played basketball, but that wasn't my sport. That was pet sport, and still is. (laughs) he take any of y'all right now to the hoop. Latouris <laughs> says, no, no, no. Well, oh, yes, he will. <laughs> when we played at the rec, we had clearly designated lines that you had to play within. And if you happened to step on the line while the ball was in your hands, you had committed and you had committed a violation. And for that possession, you had to turn the ball over to the other team. As long as you stayed in bounds, you could play the game. But the moment you violated the rules, you had to give the ball up. You might even have the ball going out of bounds. As long as you could jump up and hit it back in play before touching down, you were good. But the moment you stood on the lines or the ball went out of bounds, you had to turn the ball over to the other team. I don't know why today people like to play out of bounds and act as if God is okay with it. We want to say that I can do what I want to do and play out of bounds, but you have to play in regards to the limits and the terms that have been set. There are some people who hate losing so much that they will change the terms of the game and the rules in the middle of the game. When they have been deciding to play, if they are losing, they will come up with a new rule. I was working with this young girl once over in, over the mountain, and she just did not like to lose. And if she was about to lose, she would come up with a new rule. If you happen to be playing cards, the new rule was that you can now pick any card that you wanted from the deck, And you could choose all the cards that you needed to help your hand. It was no longer just taking one card. You could choose as many cards until you found a match for what you already had in your hand. Well, why did she do that? Because she didn't want to lose. I said, you can't do that. Well, I make up the rules. (laughs) Today we have a society that wants God to sanction their lifestyle and their behavior by living outside the boundary. Well, you can't change the rules of God and expect him to sit quietly and idly by. You can't live on past experiences and say that I am in good standing with God when you have failed to keep up and obey what he is saying and what he is doing. Paul is instructing Timothy and gives him some specifics about what the Holy Spirit says is going to, in fact, occur in what's called the last days. There are signs and evidences that we are now living in the last days. You must understand that the last days, for far too many people, are believed to be something that is to happen way down the road or way in the future. Well, allow me to let you in on something We are in the last days now. The last days are believed to have begun when Christ first came to this earth. The last days when he walked this earth, went to Golgotha's hill outside the city limits of Jerusalem, died and then rose from the dead. Those were the last days and we're going to look at passages even Right here in this passage, he is telling Timothy that in the last days, there were going to be certain things that would be happening. We're living in them now. And that includes also things that are still to come. Remember, those who lived in Jesus day thought they were in the last days. And in fact, some of them even thought that they had missed the second coming because some leaders and rulers were telling them, Jesus has already come back and you missed it. And some became so discouraged and concerned because they were being fed a falsehood. Believe me, when Jesus comes, you will not miss it. And in fact, a few of you, well, what, about a three weeks, about a month ago, some of you thought it was, we were at the last day when Marin City was dark at nine o'clock in the morning. Here I'm driving down from Rona Park and get down to Marin City at about 7.30, 8, eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock and I'm looking outside and thinking something is wrong here. It is still dark outside. It was eerie. Here I'm sitting over at Sausalito about to go see this, this student and, and I'm thinking it's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's dark out here. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, all day dark. Outside, People said these are the last days. Well, they were sent away back then in Jesus' day. False teaching is dangerous. Paul giving Timothy a very strong command to stop that which is false and to proclaim that which is true. He had been telling him to tell people that's teaching falsehood to stop. And I want you, Timothy, to put those who have the credentials, put them in right position. And you tell them to conduct themselves and stay within the boundaries of the scripture. There's many people today that are preaching something different than the Bible. Help us, Lord. (laughs) Now, Paul says, just as a note. In the passage, deceiving spirits, deceiving spirits should really be noted as false teachers, not necessarily in this passage as demons, but when he mentions the name deceiving spirits or deceitful spirits and teachings of demons, it is actually the teaching propagated by demons, but is dealing with false teachers themselves. A Point number one, if you're writing the points down, please write down, Departing from the truth to teach lies. Departing from the truth to teach lies. This is what, again, First Timothy chapter 4, 1 and 2 says. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are Feared. Now the Bible does not say in Scripture who the Holy Spirit gave this revelation to or when. When Paul says it is expressly stated, there's no indication you may be able to go to Acts chapter twenty, Acts chapter twenty one to hear what Paul is saying even earlier when a person by the name of Agabus took Paul's belt and tied Paul's hands, said that the person who owns this belt will be bound. Some suggest that could have been one of the ideas. But the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, does not always state in Scripture where the revelation came from or who it came to. But Paul states that it is clearly stated. The Spirit expressly said that in later times, Some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits. The word, again, later times, is what Paul is saying is now taking place. Get this. It was taking place when Paul was preaching. And because he says later times, you need to understand that he is referring to the time that he is currently in. Because it comes up then in later times, and he is speaking in regards to the very thing that is now happening. Why? There are those who are departing from the faith and those that are teaching lies. It was an indication that they were in later times. Why? Because of what was already taking place. He was not just referring to the future. But the evidence and the sign that he is telling Timothy is we are in the last time because these are the things that are transpiring. In the book of Hebrews chapter 1, you will also note verses 1 and 2. Later time, look at what it says. I'm just going to read it. You don't have to turn to it because I won't have to have, I won't have time for you to try to find it for me to pause if you want to go there, but I'm just going to read it. It says long ago, At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. This is a reference to the Old Testament. But in these last days, get this, these last days, he has spoken to us. By his son. So it is evident that what Paul is saying, and what the writer of the Hebrews is saying, that we are in the last times. In the Old Testament, he used the prophets. But in these days, he says, he has spoken to us in these last times by his son. Listen, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. This passage comes from uh, the Old Testament book of Joel in chapter 2. Where Peter takes this and quotes the Old Testament that in these last times, God was going to pour out His Spirit on both men and women to proclaim the Word. Here it is even stating the last times back in Joel. And this is what Peter draws on. What's the reference point? Referencing the fact that Christ came to this earth and there saying the last times. First Peter chapter 1 verse 20. He was foreknown... Listen to carefully. Before the foundation of the world. Who's he? Christ. Before the foundation of the world. But was made manifest in these last times. For the sake of you. You see, there are some people who think that the last times means that way in the future. And I have all the time in the world to do my stuff. And then right before Christ comes, I can repent. Wrong. I told you I used to think that way. There are some times when I thought the Lord was coming because of a sonic boom or some great sound. I thought the Lord was coming sometimes when I'd be flying on a plane and it hit some turbulence. And I don't like, I don't like flying, but I recall one day I was flying and the plane was, was going to head into some turbulence and the captain said, if you would please return to your seats and put your seat on. I never like hearing those words when flying. We have some turbulence ahead, and as soon as he basically says it, the plane starts kind of, you know, rocking and, you know, going back and forth. And you you can't go anywhere. Boy, you can see me sometimes, oh, Jesus, Lord God, (laughs) pray that you keep this plane in the air. If there's any sin in my life that I've committed, pray that you forgive me right now. You become, you, you know, you might know the Lord, but you start praying, God, if there's anything that I've forgotten, anything I've done, forgive me now. <laughs> I was down one year playing baseball. We used to at times play baseball or practice. We, didn't have, we never had any games in baseball down in the middle road. Now remember, down in the middle road, there were no houses back in the day. It was just an, an open field. And in that middle road, they had a baseball field there, and you could take your chances because it was basically full of little rocks and big rocks. And so you had to be careful if the ball was hit. But we we would practice on occasion down there. And I remember one year, we were out there playing, and all of a sudden, I didn't know what it was at this at the time, there was this the greatest sound, the boom. It was a sonic boom, you know. And... and, and it scared me half to death, and I threw my, my, I didn't throw him up too high. Oh, Jesus is coming back, I said to myself, because <laughs> I was scared to death. <laughs> we do things at times because we think that the Lord is going to come in such a way to where, well, we don't, don't always know, but when something happens, we think God is coming. But remember this, he's going to come like a thief in the night you're not going to know when he's going to come. He's just going to come at a time, really, when you're not even expecting it. And for those who think, I'm going to wait to the last moment, how do you know, even if he tarries, when your last day may be? Again, 1 Peter chapter 1.20, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for the sake of you. These are the last times. Even when I was playing baseball... Those were the last times. Even as he's given this message to Timothy, these are the last times. First John chapter 2, verse 18 says, Children, it is the last hour. The last hour and last time refer to the same thing. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. What is anti? Anti basically means against. Antichrist means anyone that's against. The scriptures are against the word of God. You see, we have to be so very careful that when God blesses us and gives us something, that we don't take our imaginations and our own understanding and go out of bounds. But that we confine ourselves to what the scripture says. What the religious leaders were beginning to do and what they were doing, they were teaching lies, and, and, and again, remember, Many of them began to change the rules right in the middle of a game. They were teaching lies. You see, the lies lies basically serve the, pers- the purpose of basically letting us know that we are in the last days. Because why? People are trying to elevate themselves rather than elevate Jesus Christ. You see, if you raise yourself to the throne, you've got a problem. And Paul was telling Timothy, you must understand that these liars whose consciences have been seared are in trouble. You see, it would be better just to say, well, there are things I don't understand, and so therefore, as a result, I'm just going to go ahead and try to learn what I can or say I just don't get it. But when we began to try to change the terms of the agreement and bring a different message that's outside of God's word, we must be very, very careful because that's one of the signs of the last days. The danger faced by the church is that the teaching was coming from within the church. Get me? You see, oftentimes we look for things coming from the outside. But you've got to look and be careful from that which comes from the inside. And that was a problem that this church faced in Ephesus. The leaders were coming from the inside. They were influential And they were teaching lies and many of them had began to pull away from the teachings of Christ and began to search and to serve that which was wrong. They began to preach that which was demonic and they were drawing the church aside. Paul says when they began to do this, beware. Then he goes on in verse number two and uses the word seared. That word seared in the Greek comes from the word that means to brand. Branded. You know when they take those cattle and they take those hot, you know, those hot irons and they brand, they are searing something into that animal. They mark it and they can identify the animal by the mark that it has on it. Help us, Lord. You are identified by who you belong to. Yeah, you have a brandy. And Paul says their consciences have been seared. Their teaching is such to where they have given themselves wholeheartedly to that which is false. Do you not know if you practice wrong, it will eventually come out? I, I, tell, I told y'all this. I wasn't allowed to cuss growing up. And definitely I wasn't allowed to cuss in front of my dad and my mom. I told you I forgot one day where I was. <laughs> I told y'all this. I had been... Staying pretty much within the boundaries at home is I just kind of spread my wings a little bit when I would be out outside the boundaries, out of the places. And I tell you, I happened to be playing baseball with Keith. And we ran into each other that day. I told y'all this. We're going for a ball. And I forgot how the ball, who hit the ball. I forgot. I don't know. All I know is that I ran and I collided. And I tell you, there was a word that came out of my mouth that at the time I didn't know what it was. And when I opened my eyes to see, the only thing that I could see was Keithin doing this. Why was that important? Because my father was over by the driveway washing a little orange Volkswagen. And and as he washed the, the Volkswagen and Keithin was doing this with his hands over his mouth, I happened to glance over that way. And I saw the water running, but I saw him looking over his glasses at me, sideways. And my mind did a rerun. You said, blip, 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 blip. Isn't it interesting how your mind works? You didn't hear it at the time, but there was a replay because you said something is not right. What's wrong with this feature? Ethan is doing this. My dad is looking at me strange. What did I say? And then I realized what I said. I think that happened one time in front of Mr. Small, Reverend. (laughs) I was branded. I understood that there were things that I could not say or do. Why? Because there was a training that came along with it. I was expected to operate and to be and to do certain things, not only out there, but also at home. Yeah, I know we are kids. We grow up. We do things. But there was a code, There was a conduct. There was a way that that I was to live. You see, one of the things that we may, we need to understand is that even though we have a past, thank God that's not held against us. Some of us live in the past and the things that we've done, and we allow that to keep us down to the point to where we don't look to the future. God has given each of of us a future, and we need to understand that our future is not always based on what our past has been. And so I'm encouraging you, remember this. God has blessed us abundantly And we've got today people trying to prohibit what God has approved. And we're going to get to that point next week. I'm just laying the foundation for verses 1 and 2. That we need to understand the times in which we live are the last times. And we must stay within the boundary that God has given us. And we must understand that there are some teachers that have departed from the truth and are teaching lies. And how do you know How does it line up with the Word of God? You remember this. You must always have a measuring line. You must have a plumb line by which you measure things by. When Don was putting up some of these poles and redoing them, he used a plumb line. And that plumb line helps to make sure that what you are doing, that the building is straight. You've got to have something to go by. So when we look at the Word of God... We take our cues from this and we say, Lord, what are you saying? We accept truth, not lies. There are some things that Paul is about to lay out, two things, but he only deals with one primary thing. Why? Because he dealt with the other one, marriage. He dealt with that back in chapter 3. But we're going to look at some a couple, one of the matters that Paul brings up. And I, I want to say this. God has made an incredible world. And he has blessed us in such a mighty way to enjoy it. And one of the things that these teachers will say as I, you know, wrap this and and begin this point next week is that there were prohibitions being placed on the very thing that God had blessed people with and to have and to enjoy. And one of the things that he lays out is that this is a violation of what God has given. You see, when people begin to tell you that which is not true, it will begin to affect every aspect of your life. You can't touch this. You can't have this. God has blessed and has given us what he has desired us to have, and he has made it available. So we need to understand and recognize that you have to be very careful the teachings that you receive and who it comes by. These teachers were teaching that which was false. In the last days, he says, Timothy, these things are going to happen. Remember, we are now in the last days. What? When did it begin? The time that Christ came. There is a word in the Greek called parousia. Parousia means the second coming. It means the time when Christ comes back again to this earth. As Michelle had even mentioned it when she was doing devotion, it is the time when he's coming back to this earth to, take, to make t- for judgment. It is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. The Bible speaks plainly that this is going to happen. You may not understand all the details, but this is what you need to know. He's coming back again. When we consider all the things that are happening in this world, yeah, sin, the Bible says, will wax worse and worse. Things will go from bad to worse. But remember this. We can still have a hope. Why? Because it's in him that we have to, Hope and trust. We can hope in Christ. He's the one that we trust. And as these leaders were trying to tell the people, they were bringing a completely different message. And we're going to look at the rest of the verses 3 through 5 next week. I'll read the same passages, or the same passage in 1 Timothy, and then we're going to move on to those next few verses. Right where you are, would you bow your head, please? Some of you right now have been have been laying out of bounds and you need to move to within the confines of the word of God and what the Lord is doing and what he is saying and so I want you right now just right where you are just to ponder what's keeping you for those who have not come to Christ for those who are making their own decisions what's keeping you on the outside rather than saying Lord I want to know you more I want to accept you. I don't understand it all. What's keeping you? And I want to encourage you today to look at the word of God. Look at the passages that we read. And to remember that the Lord wants truth. Not those things that the enemy brings. The teachings that he brings. But that which is the word of God and that which brings life. Today, Lord, we are grateful to you. That, God, we can stand here affirming the word of God. There were leaders and teachers prohibiting what you had approved, denying the things that you said would take place. And so in these last days, Lord, it is our desire that we will watch and pray that we will allow the word of God to sear our hearts and minds, to brand us. And not to have our consciences seared by that which is false, but to allow the word of God to do the work. As Timothy was to correct those things and to put into place the things that would honor God in the last days, we are praying today that we will be mindful and that we will watch all things, our conduct, our life. And allow you to do the changing and the cleansing. We love you today and we praise you. We magnify you and exalt you. We give you praise in the matchless and glorious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.